seed grew. <laughs> like that is a seed growing right there. Obviously, time-lapse photography. But, you know, in the right environment, a seed just cannot help but grow. And in the same way, when God puts something in your life in the right environment, if that's stewarded in the right place, it cannot help but grow. The only way that you could stop a seed from growing is actually take it out of the environment and, and put it in a really dry place, maybe put it under your heel, stand on it, squash it, uh, and kill it. Because once a seed starts growing in the right environment, it becomes unstoppable. You know, you've all seen like little plants grow in odd places and things like that because all it needed was a bit of heat, a bit of water, and a a bit of dirt somewhere to put its root down and suddenly you've got something growing. I love growth. I love actually love gardening. I love seeing things growing. I like um, I just love growth. And and the Bible says in the same way it's like the kingdom that is within you is a growing kingdom. You know, the, the kingdom of God, the seed of God in your life, whether you received like God's word uh, 15 years ago, uh, like last week, when his, the Bible says that his word will not return void, that it will accomplish everything that it has uh, been commissioned to do. And so when God speaks into our life, something, a seed is it depositive. Because there's something that's going to happen in that seed. In Mark 4, I'm going to read um, one of my favorite little parables here from Jesus. And um, Mark 4, 26 and 28, and it's a parable of the growing seed. Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, uh, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. I love that. He doesn't understand. He's clueless. He's like, I don't know what makes the seed turn into a tree. I just know that I know what the seed is and I'm going to put it in the ground and I'm going to expect something from it. He doesn't understand. All by itself, it, um, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel of the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts a sickle to it because the harvest has come. You know, a dimension of the kingdom is the, the seed. It's the, the faith seed. And each one of our lives, we are, we are containing uh, the seed of heaven that will produce something. Um, if you have the kingdom in your life, it is there because someone sowed something into you. It is there because someone said, you know, I've got something I want to offer you. And I want to throw it out. I want to give you something of the kingdom. And when you receive the kingdom, something begins to grow. You know, the story starts with a farmer. And the farmer owns the seed. He is connected to the seed. He Maybe he went down to Mitre 10 Mega in the garden department and they had uh, some, some wheat seed there and he went and bought it and, and, and he, he sowed the wheat seed and he is expecting wheat. He's not expecting watermelons because on the packet, the seed said wheat. And so he sowed the wheat seed. I've got some wheat seed here today, actually. I just want to show you. A little bit of seed here. We've got some, we've got some seed. Every, you know, the, the power to create life is locked in with each one of these seeds. The power to grow. This, this here right now could do something if it was in the right environment. 
if I just hold that in my hand, if I just kind of threw that on like the concrete or something like that, that's just gonna that's gonna be dormant. It is not in the right environment. You put that seed in the right environment, and that is gonna be, begin to grow. See, the farmer he owned the seed, and he also had the right environment for the seed to grow in. He had the soil, and so he sowed that seed, believing. The seed actually has unique properties. It's, it's like I said, it's not going to produce a, wa- a watermelon because the seed has been handcrafted in the Father's house. He's the creator of everything. He's the creator of every promise over your life. He is the creator of the uniqueness of your life. And the seed that he wants you to carry is uniquely designed, uh, assigned to your life. It, it, this seed has been designed, it's pre-1980s wheat, so it hasn't been tampered with. It hasn't been genetically modified. It won't cause celiac. Like, kingdom seed is perfect. Kingdom seed has just got so much potential. It's got so much locked in it. And it's so exciting when the Word of God is jammed full of potential. It's jammed full of seed. Like we need to read our Bible and gain more of that seed and and let it become a part of who we are and let it start growing in our lives because kingdom seed is so exciting. It's so incredible. So the the farmer, he has bought the seed. He owns the seed. He's set the right environment. He's set the scene, but he doesn't understand what's happening. And every day he goes out and, you know, he goes out to his, he looks over the fence in his veggie patch to see if something's happening and nothing happens for ages. He's like, man, I'm disappointed, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this environment. This is my. I'm going to take the weeds out. I'm going to look after this environment. And night and day, he goes to sleep. He has a bad season. You know, he's in the night, and he's, he's still believing that that seed is going to produce what it— and then one day he goes out, and, and he sees the head of the seed. He sees that it's germinated, and it's about to produce life. And then about 120 days later, he's able to harvest the seed, and he reaps what he saw on the packet when he bought it. He saw the potential, he went out, he sowed it, and he expected the harvest. You know, God wants you to to expect a harvest for whatever has been deposited in your life, whatever vision you have for your life, whatever seed has been placed in your life, expect that God is going to do something with it. Continue to create the environment for breakthrough in your life. And that's what I'll be talking about today. In fact, the, the name of my message is called A Seed uh, is All That You Need. A Seed is All That You Need. I've got five mentionable and noteworthy things um, of this mysterious process today because the farmer doesn't understand it, but the farmer knows a few things that he has to do so that he can get the most out of the seed. First one of uh, <coughs> point I've already talked about, the farmer has a farm. He has created an environment for this to happen. He is connected to the Creator, and he has uh, received the seed from the Creator. The second point is that the, the farmer owns the seed. What's a kingdom seed? What is a kingdom seed? I believe it's something that activates your faith. It's something that causes you to go, I can see something that is beyond the natural. The kingdom seed is a supernatural seed. And you can't explain it. This is where you just don't understand it. But maybe it's a hope, a dream, an aspiration. Maybe something has come alive for you in the Word of God as you read it. And you went, that is for me. That that none, none shall perish. And it's like, whoa, I believe I'm called to reach souls. 
I believe I'm called to see the lost one. That, that could be your kingdom seed, and you could receive that from the Bible. Maybe, maybe a conversation with someone. Maybe you were just talking with, something, with someone one day about the desires of your, of your heart, and they say, hey, I want to connect you. I want to connect you with your destiny. And I did that. I had a guy about 10 years ago who connected me with, with destiny in my business. I had a conversation with him, and, and he said, hey, how about I help you? How about I partner with you? How about I actually invest in you in a short-term loan? And, and, uh, because I believe in something on your life. You know, that is the kingdom seed. I receive something with him. It, it can happen in conversation. It can happen in a dream or a vision. You can receive kingdom seed uh, when you see injustice in the world. When you're like, man, this it sucks that there are uh, there are, there are ch- children out there that don't have um, you know good parent role models. I've got to do something about it. I've got to partner with that. I've got to you know, and and here we have big brothers, big sisters happening. And you know, kingdom seed, it can it just it's it's happening. God wants to speak to you. He wants to plant something in you. And maybe it's been planted in you in a prophetic word. Maybe there's something that's dormant in your life that you received a prophetic word, you know, like 15, 20 years ago, and you're like that thing is still tugging on your heart, but you haven't actually seen the fulfillment of it. I want to encourage you to call life to it, to believe in it, to 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 point it out and say, that is kingdom seed. I believe. I, don't, I, I have to see that. I want to see that in my lifetime. If not for me, for my children. I, I, de- I determine my life to, to create an environment to believe in, in this seed, to treasure this seed, to, to honor the word of God. So like the farmer, you know, the kingdom seed, it belongs to you. It is yours to own. It's yours to look after, to, to create an environment for that seed. Don't ignore the seed through the night times, the dark times. Honor the seed. Talk about it with other people. Write it down. Maybe even your marriage, like go, go through what God's spoken to you and write down your dreams and say, you know, God, I put this before you. You know, is this, is this you? And, and, and meditate on it. Just don't ignore what God is has said and is speaking to you over your life. You know, Abraham had a seed of faith. You know, the father he's called Father Abraham, right? And the, the whole Jewish nation came from this guy. And man, there's been contention around the Jewish nation for years because God just blesses these people. He loves these people. He loves all of us. But these guys, these were his favored people at that time. And, and, and his name wasn't Abraham. His name was Abraham. Uh, initially, and and his name was Abraham, uh, Abraham, and that just it just meant um, a distinguished father. He was a distinguished father, yet he actually had no children. He was eighty odd years old, and he had no kids. He had a desire in his heart, and God took him outside one day, and he and he showed him the stars, and he said, "Hey, Abram, look look at those stars. Your descendants are gonna be like the stars." And I think he showed him the sand, on, and he's so numerous you can't count them. That is all going to flow from your life. And then God changed his name from Abraham, from Abram to Abraham, and he and that means the father of nations. So Abraham has to live another twenty years odd before he has this chosen son. He's like a hundred years old. He's been living his whole life without a child, yet he's been called distinguished father and father of nations. You know, isn't that just like God? (laughs) You know, Jesus hands out on the end of limbs. I don't know if you've ever been out on a limb and you're like, oh my gosh, am I going to... Am I going to die or am I going to make it? Is, the, is my business going to go under or what the heck is going to happen here? And you get right out on a limb and you're like, oh, hi, Jesus, you're here. 
and he's holding it up. And so Abraham's out on this limb, right? And he's like, oh, I, don't, I don't know if God actually is going to come through. But actually, he didn't say that. Because the Bible says in Romans 4 that against all hope, in hope, Abraham believed and became the father of many nations. Hope. Hope is that picture that you have on your inside. Hope is the picture of the best case scenario for your life. Hope is that the stars that Abraham saw, that was his hope. And no matter what your life has been through, there is always hope. The alternative is just not worth going there. You don't want to camp in despair. Camp in hope. And it goes on to say in Hebrews 11 verse 10, For he was looking forward to a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. See, as a 95-year-old with no kids, he was looking for something. He was like, I'm not going to look at my circumstances. I'm going to look for the city in God. I've got something. I've got a picture on the inside of me, and I know God has spoken to me. So he had the seed, and, and number three is the farmer sows expecting a harvest. Abraham was expecting something. He had seen something on the inside of him, and he had aligned his vision for life with what God was saying. He was expecting a harvest. Martin Luther King, what did he say? He just said, I have a dream. I have a dream that, you know, one day, that one day, and, and it was a hope. It was a dream. It was a seed of faith because he saw injustice and he said, I've got to break it open. I've got to start something. I've got to shift a, a nation's perspective of slavery and of oppression and, and of injustice around black people. And it started with a seed. It started with a, a hope. And he went on with that seed and it, and it grew into an incredible plant tree, like giant redwood. And the nation was changed as the movement began. And it all started with a seed. And he said, I have a dream. And I don't know about the dreams of your life, but you, where you have a dream, where you have a kingdom dream, God is seeing the harvest. I want to encourage you to see the harvest of that dream that you have and don't let it go. So the farmer is patient. Number four, he waits a long time, like Abraham waited. And number five, the farmer is completely clueless to how all this happens. And you might be sitting there today going, I just don't know how God is going to do this. I don't know how God is going to bring restoration. I don't know how God, I don't have the qualification to be what, to do what I'm doing. I don't have, I just, you've got all these reasons of why not. And God's saying, trust me, believe. Don't, don't d despise the day of small beginnings, the Bible says as well. It's, it's time to just believe again. It's time to dream again. And, and you don't have to know the art. You don't have to know how. I don't know how I'm holding a microphone here today. I can look back and go, oh, yeah, that's how. But, man, like, you know, 20 years ago, I was just a, a shy as wouldn't, you know, stand up in front of people, go bright red, stumble over my words, and just, yeah, shame was around my life. But I knew that God was in my in my world, you know, and he wants to take us and just, just like, I just, uh, I, was I can't live as a victim anymore. I can't live, you know, uh, with the label of, of like rejection on my life because I was bullied as a, you know, as a 13 year old, I can't live with that anymore. And I got healed of all that rejection and pain and God just, he, because I said, no, that's, that's not me anymore. I'm, I'm like, I'm grafted into the vine, you know, come on. 
God is building. He's growing in your life, and it, and it comes through aligning yourself with what He's saying, not what the circumstances are saying. He wants your breakthrough. Your breakthrough is in His heart. He talks a lot about plant life, doesn't he, in the in analogies of the kingdom. Like, you know, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He says, faith, the size of a mustard seed, can move mountains. See, if you have a seed, you have all that you need. It can move mountains. It's not that the little seed can do anything. It's the potential. It's the potential and the right environment and the potential. You know, the kingdom is within us. It's a growing kingdom. It's an alive kingdom. If you are a follower of Christ, welcome to the mysterious kingdom. It's mysterious. I went and see Ant-Man last night, and I don't know how he got that small, but he did. It was mysterious. (laughs) It also wasn't real. It was amazing. And, you know, you're not going to understand, like, how God can get you to those places that he wants you, but He is a mysterious God, and He wants to connect you with people. He is a connecting, mysterious man. Oh, yes, He is. I believe that our environment here as a church has just been prepared for greater growth. He's doing something exciting here at at Thrive. And today, I believe that He wants to plant something in you, something new in you today. Um, And so I've got some seed here. Um, that I want to throw on you, actually. Um, first service thought it was okay. They were relieved I didn't start throwing stones. Um, I've got seed here today because I believe there's something prophetic in this act today for us to receive. And whether that is something that you had, you've got a dream, or you had someone something say something to you 30 years ago, and it was like, how could that ever happen? I want that dream to come alive again. I believe in your dream. I believe in that vision that you had, you know. Maybe you're like sitting there going, I don't know where I'm going and what I'm doing for God in my life. I, I've just, just scraped in the door this morning. You know, God has got seed that he wants to plant into your life so that it would harvest, that hope would grow, and that freedom would be an expression of who you are as a person. So I'm going to throw seed today over you. If you don't want to receive seed, then I, you don't have to sit there. You can leave. I know that sounds a bit harsh, but I am going to throw it at you uh, or over you. I'm not going to throw it hard. It's going to be more of a lob, hopefully. Um, but I want everyone to close their eyes for two reasons. One, so you don't get hit in the eye and like, like file a lawsuit against me and um, because you're impaled by a seed. And the second thing is, is that being prophetic, I just want you just to get into a space where there's you and God and just receive from him. This is, yeah, this is in the natural throwing seed at you, slightly crazy. But in the spirit, I believe there's something for you to, to receive today or, or just kind of like reaffirm over your life today. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you for this environment that you, are, you know our life. You've got plans to prosper us and not to harm us. That you say that the kingdom is within us, Lord. And today, Lord, as I throw this seed out of people, may people receive new vision, new revelation, new understanding of your love and their destiny in you. Here we go. some more. 
hope none of that went in the sound disc. <laughs> I might be growing plants out of it next Sunday. And this side here, here we go. Well, that was fun for me. <laughs> Always wanted to throw something at you guys. <laughs> you know, um, a few weeks ago, um, it was actually about four weeks ago, I was at New Life Conference. And um, sorry if you've heard this, but I, was, I responded at a pastoral, a, a call for pastors to go to the front and just receive an impartation. Um, and I, at that time, I... I really did. I, I fell on the ground and I was just like, whoa, God. And um, it was, you know, I didn't trip up. It was like God's power. And um, when I was there, God just put this uh, crazy number of 10,000 souls being um, impacted by his grace in our, in our region. And um, I was so, it was so impacted me and it was so real for me that I couldn't sleep that night. I was just like I was worried. <laughs> I was like, oh, how do I do this? Um, do we need to do seven services a day? What is it going to, you know, I just had all these questions of like, I want to understand, you know? And um, and I was like, yeah. And so this this thing in my heart, I just like, I can't get away from the fact that God wants to do something big in our region. Perhaps it's bigger than 10,000 because there are other churches involved. Maybe it's 40,000 people impacted in our region with, with the grace of God. The Bible says that it is his desire that none shall perish. He's got a plan of everyone's salvation. He's made a way for everyone's salvation. And it, but it takes, it, it's going to take us to engage with something big. You know, I threw out so many seeds this morning. We could have a wheat field in here, you know, but, and every one of those seeds has got the potential of more seeds. And I believe there's going to be some kind of crazy momentum that comes around our lives in this church as we partner with that vision for him. I was sitting um, just up the front here last Saturday night um, just praying about church and like this 10,000 number. And um, I felt like God drew my attention to the dots on the carpet and um, said, you know, like every one of these dots represents a life. And, um, and, I, and I thought, well, I wonder how many dots are in this carpet, right? And so I basically did a rough kind of 10-meter square figuring out, and there's about 40,000 dots in 10 meters square, give or take 10,000. Um, so, <laughs> no. Um, every, every dot, and it, and it, it kind of made 10,000 came down a wee bit more for me, and I thought, this is doable. This is, every dot represents a life, every cluster, every meterage, you know, it represents family and community, and God wants to impact, and I just thought, I'm going to start, when I see these dots, and when we see these dots on the carpet, we're going, we believe that each dot is a target for grace, each dot is a, is a target for God's heart and his kingdom and his love, and so um, I just want to also just speak out of Acts 2 this morning, just in, in closing really, um, because this is an incredible environment where we're, they had created, the early church had created this environment where the seed of God's word had gone down and, 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 and plants were growing and fruit was happening and it was absolutely incredible. And it says here that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship of the uh, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Um, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone, who, uh, anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the 
temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And God added to their number daily those who were being saved. Uh, that, that saved word is sozo, which is not just saved out of hell um, and, and into heaven, but is actually the word, it, it is that, but also healed and made whole physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So a powerful move was happening and people were watching what was going on in this environment. They, they were growing in favor in the community. You know, like people were going out and partnering with others and believing in others. And, and it says God was adding to their number. It didn't say that they actually had to try and pull people in and say, come and be a part of what, you know, just like, you know, we don't have to sell anything here, but, but, the, but love was actually so evident that people were coming in and God was blessing what was happening in that place. And there were two alignments uh, that we can see from this passage that had to do with the environment that they, um, that they were um, cultivating. And there was a spiritual alignment and, and that was that they devoted themselves to teaching, to, to understanding, to, to understanding the nature of God and, and His kingdom and into communion, remembering what Jesus had done on the cross, into prayer. You know, they were praying. They were people, a people group believing that, that they needed to pray, that they needed to connect and, and call heaven to earth. And, and through that, they, they, they saw signs and wonders, and it, and it was an amazing time. And then there was this other alignment, and that was this practical alignment. They were physically involved with each other's, you know, circumstances. They, they were in fellowship, it says, which is deep friendship. It's, it's relationship. And then there was insane generosity happening. They sold property and possessions to give those in need. In Acts 4, it goes on to say that all the believers were of one heart and one mind, and no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. It's big stuff, eh? <laughs> it's just like, Wow. My identity is no longer attached to what I have, but let's, let, let my identity be, be attached to what God is doing in our community. Let our identity be attached to His promises and to the, to the seed in our lives. And, and I'm not saying that everyone just needs to go out and, and give their cars away, but I'd like one. Ah, no joking. I've got a nice car. Um, you know, God's leading these people. He's lead, they're connected. They're spiritually aligned, and therefore that they become like physically connected and they pr practically start displaying the kingdom. And, and I'm so excited about what God's doing here in our church with, you know, the big give next week. And, and so many people are just like, you know, they've got their spiritual alignment and they're connected with kingdom purpose in our community. And as a church, we get to, to celebrate that. We've got amazing champions in this church. And I just want to honor you today. Just, I, like, I honor you if you just have got a seed in your life and you're saying, maybe God, maybe God could do something. Maybe God could change me. Maybe He could change the shape of my family. You know, I, we honor you for the maybe. We just honor whatever stage of growth that that seed of the kingdom is at right now. I just honor you for stewarding that. Like, God just is so appreciating the fact that you're stewarding His word and belief like man he is pleased with faith he is so pleased in fact it says about Abraham that it was credited to him as righteousness and I want to honor those who are stepping up and stepping out and seeing harvest as well and I believe that there's more for us as a church see I believe there's going to be people who are raised up who will be champions for marriage in this church
And, in, and in, look, other churches, I don't care. Let's just have champions for marriage. They'll put family will be such a burning cause on their heart that they will see families made whole. They will see restoration. They'll see relationships healed and children raised righteously and, and with purpose. I believe also that the arts and media gateway of our church is going to be really prominent, that we are going to have a real standing within our community as, uh, to express the heart and the truth. Uh, the, the, um, what did I write here? That, that, that freedom would be released within the arts and media. I also believe that there's a real assignment for business on our church as well that business people will be raised up, that entrepreneurs will be raised up, that people are going to see uh, needs and because essentially the, the purity of business is just seeing a need and helping someone, providing a resource, providing something for someone. And I believe that over the years we're going to see uh, creative ideas and efficient solutions raised up in this church. I just want to invite you into a partnership where I believe a lot of a lot of Glenn saying he believes today. <laughs> I just want to stand in the fullness of what I believe, what I what I see God saying and doing. I want to I look on the Bible and I say, why not? Why can't he do it again? Why can't we see ten thousand people impacted with the grace of Jesus Christ in our region? And I want to invite you into that partnership. I want to invite you into dream to dream, to dream about relationships, to dream about people, to dream about how you're playing your part and to connect. You know, the seed that's growing in your life is not just for you, it's for others. Someone else is going to reap the harvest of the seed in your life, whether it's your children or people that need or are lost people. Um, to, I had two dreams last year. Um, what first dream I was at Christchurch Airport and I was out on the uh, runway and um, I, I saw three massive waves coming down. It's like they landed on the runway. I don't know, like water waves and three specific waves. And um, the first wave just kind of like started breaking over me and I was absolutely terrified. And I woke up like going, whoa, that was a, that was a God dream. What are you saying, God, about Christchurch and, what, and what's going to land in our, in our region? About A few nights later, I, um, I had another dream and I was talking with God. It sounds a bit out there, but I just was. <laughs> and so I'm like chatting with him and I said to him, hey, what was that dream about the night before, a few nights earlier? And he, and he, and he said, look, I, there's going to be uh, three waves. There's going to be a wave of finances. There's going to be a wave of souls. And there's going to be a wave of glory that hits. And I'm hope oh, this is for the nation and us. And so I'm carrying this expectation. I'm dreaming of when these waves are going to arrive. I'm believing that, that God is, is, is not just a distant person in our lives, but He is so excited about being engaged with our community, engaged within us. In Luke 17, it says that the kingdom is within you. It's within you. Something great, someone great is planted in your life and he's growing he's growing in your life let me just stand up today in closing I just want to release two anointings over people this morning um, 
and that is for those who are called, who feel like they're called to be shepherds um, in, the, in, the, in God's house. It, it, you're not necessarily called to be a pastor, but maybe you are. But you, you, you feel others' pain. You want to help people. You want to come around them and support them. You want to guide them because you care about people. You want to lead them into a better place. And I want to pray for those who, who, who feel like they have this call for souls, like an evangelist. And maybe that doesn't mean that you're going to preach with a microphone and see thousands saved, but you feel like you're called to the one or to the crowd or whatever it is, but you know that you've got a message that others need to hear. You've got a demonstration of power that you want to release to others and maybe reveal the kingdom. If you feel like you have that shepherd anointing, I just want you to lift your hand this morning and you're like, you know, I just, I sense that around my life. I sense that and I want to partner with that today. Holy Spirit, right now, we just give you thanks for those who have this grace over their lives right now, Lord. And I just release this anointing of a shepherd, Father, ha, the assignment of love, of guidance, and of gathering, Lord. Ha, Lord, over each life today, we just say yes, and we honor these people this morning. In Jesus' name, if you feel like you're called to the lost, just raise your hand right now and just... Like, I just love, I love that. I love lost people. I love, I love people that are searching. I, I feel assigned. If that's you this morning, right now, ha oh God, just breathe on these people. Just breathe on these ones, Lord. Just, I just, um, just for these guys, I just, I just break disappointment for some reason. I just feel like I just want to break disappointment around that gift and where, where things haven't worked out. I just break that, ha. Huh? I just release right now. Just freedom around this gift again. Who? Just joy. Just where um, there's been shame around Christianity in this nation. We just, we don't come under that. We shift that off us today. We break that in Jesus' name. We just thank you that the name of Jesus is the greatest name. And I just, over those evangelists, Lord, where there's been fear of man and intimidation, we break that today in Jesus' name. Ha! And I just release right now a fresh anointing, fresh anointing, fresh assignments for evangelists in this church. Ha, God. In Jesus' name. Amen.